This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast for Thursday, October 10th, 2019. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and I'm reminding you to make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms, such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And please, once you subscribe, please leave a rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the show and what you want to see from us moving forward, because we want to make you guys a part of this show and build this community as much as possible. That's why we also invite you to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. And you can head over to Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Give the page a like and check out some of the updates we'll post throughout the week and throughout the day. We'll try to mix things up a little bit on both Twitter and Facebook. And again, we want to get you guys involved. And we also want you guys to spread the word about this podcast as well. Because the more of you that listen, the more episodes we'll end up doing. <laughs> That's just how it works sometimes. So this is going to be a fun episode. This is the first time we're going to do a crossover episode with our friends from uh, Locked On Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to talk to Andrew Wade, and we're actually going to have a back-and-forth conversation, and this uh, conversation is also going to air on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. So if you want to get an in-depth look at the Iowa Hawkeyes, who, of course, Penn State is playing this weekend, I hope you will be encouraged to head on over and check out the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. See what they have to say about the Hawkeyes moving into this game. They're coming off a bit tough loss against Michigan. Now they get a chance to come home and uh, see what they can do against Penn State. So we're going to have some fun talking about Penn State, Iowa from both sides of the conversation. And we're going to do that in our first segment. We're going to the show and the interview into a couple of segments here and there, as we usually do. So don't worry, we still have three segments for you, but we're going to get this all done pretty quickly. And without any further ado, we're going to hop right on in to our crossover conversation with Andrew Wade of Locked On Hawkeyes. Well, I'm excited today because we are doing our first ever crossover episode with the Locked On Nittany Lions. The Iowa Hawkeyes are taking on the Nittany Lions in Kinnick this Saturday. Um, I'm joined here by Kevin. Uh, Kevin, great to have you on the show. Um, great to be doing a crossover episode with you, man. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Andrew, and thank you so much for reaching out and getting me on board because, as we were saying, I'm brand new to uh, the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, but I'm already excited to be a part of this network, and hopefully we can do some more stuff like this in the future. So I'm, I'm excited to talk some Penn State, Iowa with you. Absolutely, man. Especially, you know, we get into basketball season, which, you know, media days were just last week, so we're right around the corner to basketball season. Is Before we get into football, are the Nittany Lions going to be any good this year? I have no idea. <laughs> they, they've got a chance, I guess, to uh, make the tournament. I'll admit, I don't follow the basketball scene all that closely. Uh, so I do stick a little bit more to the football. But from some of the things I've been seeing from some of the people that do follow Penn State a little bit closely, yeah, there's a chance they can make the tournament. and That'd be a nice step forward for the program. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least you got, you got a good player in Lamar Stevens. So that's, yeah. that's the right step in the right direction. But the big thing on everyone's mind is obviously the, the football game that's coming up this weekend and I think there I was hoping Iowa would have beat Michigan that would have made this a little more fun um, you know two hopefully top 10 ranked teams coming into the game this weekend but Iowa lost last weekend they're playing you know Penn State Penn State is on a five game winning streak um, offensively though you all have looked pretty darn good what have you noticed from the Penn State Nittany Lions offense it feels like you just keep plugging and playing people and you lose Trace McSorley you bring Sean Clifford and he's you know fantastic so um, has the offense been a pretty nice surprise for you this year 
I think there are some good positives that Penn State has shown offensively. I think it really goes down to the running game. That's been one of the the more productive parts of the game. Um, you know, Sean Clifford has had a couple of nice games here where he's put up some big numbers. And, you know, the, especially in these last couple of games, they've actually gotten off to fast starts, which is something that was actually bothering them to start the year. So I don't know if that's something that has suddenly changed with them moving forward, but uh, they still have a lot of uh, good talent that, uh, you know, comes through recruiting and the way that they've been recruiting the last few years under James Franklin, it's actually been uh, taking some steps forward. So they, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think that they can plug and play at every position, but they are a little bit of a pleasant work in progress, I think. Absolutely. And when I look at the stats, man, the, uh, the running back, it seems kind of like a committee, right? There's four guys that are right around that 200 yard mark. Um, I haven't, you know, admittedly watched a lot of Penn state games. I turned on Penn state, Maryland when Maryland was already getting crushed. And I said, well, that's not worth watching. Um, mm-hmm. So w- what's going on with this running game that, you know, are they spreading the ball around that well, or is it just that y'all getting up to such big leads, you're putting in some backups right away. Well, that plays into it a little bit as well. And I think you know, there are some young running backs that have piled up a lot of yards. And to be fair, some of those yards have come uh, when the game's already well in hand. But it's actually been a pretty interesting development. It's something we're actually talking a lot about uh, with Penn State coming into this weekend and this, in this upcoming stretch of three games. You know, This running back by committee, is that going to be the story of the season for them? Because they haven't really had one guy really carry the torch from Saquon Barkley to Miles Sanders to – I thought it was going to be Ricky Slade, but he's uh, been struggling to get going this season so far. And that's why you've seen guys like Journey Brown. Noah Kane is the guy that everybody is really talking about right now uh, with the, the nice start that he has had. So kind of curious to see how this all plays out against Iowa, who's going to be the best defensive uh, team that they face this season. So this is a big test for uh, this running game and to really see if this is going to stay a committee or if somebody's really going to emerge starting in the, this weekend's game. Yeah, man, I think from a defensive perspective, I'm actually kind of surprised at how well Iowa's doing given how many injuries they've had. Um, but kind of to the the running back by committee approach, that's kind of something Iowa's been doing. And similar to the, the is it Journey Brown you said was kind of the big guy everyone's kind of talking about? Yeah, he and uh, Noah Kane is actually one of the guys that people are a little bit more excited about. He's got five touchdowns this year, he leads the team right now. You know, but they're both right in the same category. I mean, they're both getting the uh, same kind of touches and same kind of opportunities. So it's just a matter of, I guess, where they are on the field, where those touchdowns are happening. Absolutely. And I think from an Iowa perspective, that's a similar thing that we're kind of experiencing. We have Makai Sargent as our starter. He's a guy who's going to fall forward. Um, you know, he's going to get those those hard yards and he's a great pass blocker, kind of struggled against Michigan. Uh, you have Torrin Young, who is a really kind of a bulldozing north-south kind of running back. But the guy who everyone's talking about for Iowa is Tyler Goodson. And, um, you know, Penn State does a pretty good job of getting some some high-end recruits. Iowa doesn't especially at skill position, you know, skill positions. And Tyler Goodson is a guy who, um, you know, he's only a three-star recruit coming out of high school, um, coming out of Georgia. But this guy looks so impressive. Um, he reminds me kind of Akron Wadley a little bit, um, has some very, incre- you know, impressive lateral quickness. Um, he's a guy that, you know, from a, if I'm Penn State, I'm actually kind of worried about when he gets the ball because he's a guy who can take it to the house literally any play. Yeah, and, and you said it uh, perfectly. You know, Iowa doesn't always get the, the star-studded players that some of the programs make, but they always seem to have a running back that is going to cause some problems for teams, especially Penn State. So that's certainly a, a real key to keep an eye on, I think, if you're a Penn State fan. You know, obviously, if you're an Iowa fan, that's going to be a nice little matchup to see how they all uh, play out there because I think, I think we can both agree running backs are going to be a big feature in this game, right? Yeah, it's going to be an ugly game. I, I, 
I don't know what it is about Penn State versus Iowa, but it is usually an ugly game, um, at least the last two years, especially. Um, you know, again, running running game is really kind of the focus in in those last couple games and this game especially. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate Stanley's coming off arguably his worst game of his career, um, and the the line was absolutely terrible. I have a feeling that Brian Ferentz is going to try to um, really dominate in the trenches, um, getting his offensive line a little bit more confidence and, and pushing the pile forward. So that'll be a, a fun matchup for sure. And, and from your guys' perspective, a defensive line, um, you guys have a pretty solid defensive line. I believe um, one of your guys is actually preseason all Big Ten and is currently, I believe he has seven sacks. Is that uh, accurate? Let me see. It is. It's either Yader Gorse Matos at defensive yep. end or Shaka Tony is actually having a pretty good uh, couple games too. So, it, yeah, the defensive line for Penn State has traditionally been a pretty strong unit. You know, there's, there's so much made about the, the linebacker lineage at Penn State, but really, you know, more recent memory, I feel like it's been more about the defensive line uh, because, you know, that has been the unit that's really caused the most problems for a lot of teams or it's, it's a big reason why the defense is able to capitalize on some opportunities. So, you know, that the defensive line, they are they're hungry <laughs> and they've been getting a lot of sacks these last couple of years and uh, they certainly picked up the pace a little bit last week uh, against Purdue and they're hoping to see if they can keep that going moving forward yeah man uh, and I mean the, the obviously they're doing pretty well right now they're at, they're allowing 50.6 yards per game rushing um, only 189.8 yards per game passing they're second in the nation in points allowed per game so um, like we talked about this is going to be an interesting battle between um, you know the offenses are I think both offenses are pretty solid. I think Penn State's offense definitely t- you know, gets the nod from me in terms of which one has the advantage. But defensively, it's going to be an interesting game um, seeing who wins that defensive battle. Um, from, from an offensive perspective, though, I am curious about K.J. Hamler. Or Hamler. Uh, he's a guy who you know, is putting up production similar to like a Rondell Moore, right? So is he kind of your X factor on the Penn State offense? I, I would say so because anytime he gets his hands on the ball, there's a possibility a big play could be happening. Uh, obviously, if he's covered well, it, it's tough to make uh, too many plays. But you know, if he gets a slip by one defender and he gets some open space to work with, watch out because uh, he's got the jets to really turn the the ball upfield in a hurry. Uh, so that's why it's real important. You know, if you're Iowa, you got to find a way to to make sure he's not going to have that room to work with. And um, you know, I, I think Iowa can probably defend that, but. You know, at some point, he's probably going to make a pretty key play. I don't know if he's going to go 80 yards for a touchdown or anything like that, but uh, he's going to be a guy that you know Sean Clifford tries to get, establish a rhythm with at times and, and hope for a big play because you know, the, you're probably not going to get too many of them against this defense. Yeah, man, is that not the story of the, this, this series? Because the last two years, it feels like the Iowa defense can hold for most of the time, and then you get a Saquon Barkley-esque play. You get – uh, you know, Trace McSorley running 60 yards down the sideline. It's just um, – there's just one or two big plays by some of your playmakers. And I think, you know, like you said, if we can shut K.J. Hamler down, that's a huge advantage for Iowa. And I'm sure they are going to do a pretty good job of containing him, hopefully, the entire game. But I think you're right. There's going to be one or two plays where there's there's going to be an opportunity and it could be a, a game changer for the team. Look, I, I've from what I've seen of Iowa this year, I mean, the, it's the same old story with the defense. That defense is always going to be pretty good. And we've seen in this series, you know, especially when these games are being played in prime time at Kinnick Stadium, 
the Iowa defense is a real big problem for Penn State. No matter how many players Penn State has, you know, obviously the last time they were there, they, they found a way to win that game. I don't know how still to this day. That, that was, you know, I'm so sure. frustrating. I, I know it was frustrating <laughs> for you, but I mean, that game was an incredible game uh, for so many reasons that I think uh, a lot of people should be able to appreciate. But that's the thing. I mean, this is a low scoring series, especially when it's being played uh, with with two teams that have as good defenses as we were going to have in this game. This is going to be probably a race to 20 points, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I know we'll get to predictions later, but uh, I, do, I don't see a lot of points in this game either way. Yeah, and I think – so what we see is when there are – not going to be a lot of points in the field. You see Kirk Ferentz kind of be a little bit riskier. Um, so, you know, if if they're on the two or three-yard line, they're going to go for a touchdown on fourth down as opposed to kicking a field goal. And I think that'll be interesting because, like you said, it is it is going to be a race of 20 points. I mean, both these teams are allowing under 10 points per game, and I think the defenses are kind of the strong point of the unit. So um, that'll be – it's dude, this is going to be an old-fashioned Big Ten slugfest uh, in Kinnick on, on Saturday night. Do, do you ever get tired of watching those if you're an Iowa fan? I know you just came off of one against Michigan, and I think you know that's actually kind of interesting to me because you know my my mindset going into this game, I, I figure Iowa, you know, they only got the three points against Michigan, and like you said, Nate Stanley didn't have one of his greatest games at all. So you know, getting a chance to go back home uh, under the lights with a big time opponent coming in, top ten opponent coming in, I, I'm kind of curious to see. You know, I know Kinnick Stadium is going to be fired up for sure, but you know, is this going to be a bounce back? of a, uh, a return to getting some confidence offensively and, and is that something that they get early on and if not you know how does the rest of the game play out yeah it that's your dude I you and me both man because um, I think when you the way Iowa lost that game to Michigan I mean Michigan was doing everything in their power to give the game to Iowa and Iowa couldn't find a way to put the ball in the end zone um, like I said, one of the most disappointing performances I've seen from Nate Stanley and that Iowa offense. There's a couple of statistics I put together. I mean, in, in the past decade, they've only scored three points or less three times. Um, they've only had four turnovers or more four times. I mean, just just a terrible offensive performance. I think in this game, they do get it back and get going. Um, this is a talented team. I think a lot of it come down to Michigan's game plan. They did a really good job of, you know, kind of moving some guys around and, and bring in pressure six seven guys in Iowa for some reason Brian Ferentz is uh to be honest he's kind of up and down with his play calling man he's a a lot more aggressive than his dad um but he can get <laughs> a little bit too cute where mm -hmm. you know let's let's maybe get off the play action let's maybe get off the empty backfield sets and let's actually put some guys back there and protect Nate Stanley and see what we can do with Amir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith but um, I do think they come out firing. I don't think they're going to come out running the ball. Um, I think they're going to try to put some points on the board right away and really re-energize that crowd. Because, dude, it's I feel bad for Penn State. This is the worst situation you could possibly be in. Iowa's going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to prove people wrong. You're coming to Kinnick at night on national television, and it's the ANF game, and it's the gold out. Um, it, if you could pick, like, the worst situation to play Iowa, I think this is probably it, man. <laughs> I totally forgot about the gold out and the gold uniform. So I'm, I'm going to brace my eyes right now because that's going to be pretty tough to see. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, this is, <laughs> this, is, this is not a good situation for Penn State to be walking into. And, really, I know they've already been on the road against Maryland. This is a much different situation because, first of all, there aren't going to be 75% you know, Penn State fans in the stadium this week uh, like they were at Maryland. So this is a, a much better defensive team, a, a team that is ready to bounce back in a big way and, you know, try to make a statement and certainly if you look at that Big Ten West this is a big game for Iowa they can't afford to lose uh, another game probably so uh, this is a this is a tough draw for Penn State with still some young players in some key spots that they're you know still trying to groom a little bit too so I mean this is a 
this is a massive road test for Penn State to open up a what's really a, a key three-game stretch for Penn State to determine whether or not they're going to be a legitimate contender in this conference or not. Um, you know, or maybe second place behind Ohio State. We'll see. But uh, this is a tough because they got Iowa this week, Michigan next week, Michigan State after that. So, oh man, that's uh, brutal. This is this is that's what I'm saying. You know, Penn State. This is a gauntlet. Uh, road test right now <laughs> beginning with Iowa and, and then getting Michigan at home in primetime next week so this is a true make or break season so we're pointing the season so I, I come into this game and I'm thinking in these next three games Penn State can afford to go no less than or no worse than two and one if they're going to be in the Absolutely. running here and if they can get the first win off the bat against Iowa that, that would be certainly well earned absolutely Hey, Locked On Nittany Lions podcast listeners, this is Kevin, and we're going to get back to this conversation very shortly. But before we do, I just want to give you a quick reminder to make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seeds app help you get to your favorite live event. And a promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. You, you talked about some of the younger guys. Who, where are some of the positions where you, that concern you from Penn State? Well, I already said that the running back is actually going to be a strength in, for this team moving forward, but this is a matchup where I think it could be a serious issue because if, you know, like I said, the running backs may have talent, but this is, a, this is the best defensive line, the best defense that they face this season. And again, road environment, we've already talked about that, but that's why I feel like if this is a running game that it struggles to get going because they don't necessarily have a Saquon Bark that's going to put up like 500 yards of offense by himself uh that's just something that I think could be truly concerned so um you know I I still think that they're going to get some some good production out of the running game but I don't think it's going to be anything that gets uh, some big chunks at a time and it's going to be a mental test I think more than anything yeah and I think so if if they are not able to get the running game going have we have you seen any games this year where they weren't able to get the running game going and how did Sean Clifford respond in those situations you know, honestly, they haven't really been faced where the running game hasn't really been able to establish much of a rhythm. And that's mostly because of the level of competition they played. You know, you know Pittsburgh might be the, the best team that they faced this season. And um, I think, like I said, it was a slow start to that game for them. It wasn't necessarily that they weren't able to get the running game going. It's just that sometimes the play calling goes away from what they should probably be doing running the ball. And they try to go and, and get uh, something cute or different looking on the field. Uh, Sean Clifford is actually, uh, I think, responded all right, but he has had times when he's not getting a whole lot of protection, and that's going to be another big key for this game because if, if Sean Clifford, I don't know if he gets rattled. We haven't really seen him in that kind of a moment yet, so this might be a good uh, chance to see what he does in those kind of situations. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, the cute thing is something, God, Iowa fans are all too familiar with, like I said, with Brian Ferentz. Um defensively I think it'll be interesting from an Iowa perspective with AJ Panezza to see if they can break him loose um do you feel like your offensive line is able to withhold um AJ Panezza and, and how have they handled some of I mean in the past what have they done to handle some of those big time rushers that's actually been one of the more consistent weak spots for Penn State for a long time now um you know going back to you know the the sanction area that really hit the offensive line hard with the recruiting scholarships they have taking some time to, to get it beefed back up a little bit, but it's still an offensive line that uh, may be the best that James Franklin has had, but it still has a long way to go. And you, you, against some defenses, that can be a real issue. And we've seen that um, in games like against Ohio State where Ohio State's defensive line can really kind of uh, rush them. Michigan has done the same thing. So uh, it's, it's been a tough matchup 
uh, on the offensive line for Penn State in some of their bigger matchups, including this one. Um, so I, I really feel like that's going to be a problem. You know, AJ's going to get his uh, time in the backfield and and bring some pressure on Sean Clifford. And that's why I said it's going to be interesting to see how Clifford responds to that pressure because he hasn't really faced that yet. Yeah, I mean, you have AJ Benez, and later in the year you get you know Chase Young. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting test that offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. What questions do you have about you know Iowa? I think uh, there's a lot of stuff I could cover. I want to see kind of what you're interested in hearing about Iowa. What is the concern with Nate Stanley coming to this game? Because I'm looking at the stats, and obviously we know what happened against Michigan last week, but you know I don't think he had any uh, no passing touchdowns against Iowa State too. So I just look at the schedule. That's two power conference opponents in the last couple of games and no passing touchdowns. What's the story there? Is that something that's going to be a concern this weekend? A hundred percent, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, this Nate Stanley has just not shown up in the most important games. Um, if you need a big drive, we haven't seen it happen. He just hasn't had that that moment that solidifies him um, as a you know top quarterback in Iowa history. I mean, he's won big games, but it hasn't necessarily been because of him. Um, mm-hmm. I won't say every single time has been you know because he was doing something poorly. Although more often than not, he usually struggles pretty mightily in ranked games. Um, but yeah, it just. I'm really interested to see what version of Nate Stanley comes out. He has a ton of potential. There's a reason why he's talked about as a, you know, potential day one, day two pick at quarterback because he's six foot four, 240 pounds. He can shake off blitzers like Ben Roethlisberger and he has a cannon of an arm, but he can be wildly inaccurate. Um, His decision-making can be kind of erratic and he's not very mobile. So what, you know, and then the other thing I said, he just doesn't show up in big-time games. So I'm really interested to see what Nate Stanley comes out and responds with this week. Um, I haven't seen him play and have that, oh, my God, performance against a ranked team. If he can come out the game and put two touchdowns on the board, um, honestly, I'll be shocked. I'll be really happy but very shocked. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I guess uh, the big question for me then is – do you trust this team to get to 20 points? Because Penn State's defense, like I said, hasn't necessarily been a challenge greatly, but they have been playing really well. So what is the concern factor if this is a race of 20 points? Is that a, a game plan that you think favors Iowa, or do you think that that goes Penn State's way? Until last Saturday, I thought this favored Iowa, man. Um, <laughs> last Saturday took out a lot of confidence for me because Michigan's game plan was just relentless pressure over and over and over again. If Penn State comes out and bringing a bunch of different blitz, um, blitz packages and whatnot, it's going to be really interesting to see how Iowa responds. And I don't have the most confidence in them handling that. I'm assuming they're going to go back, look at the tape, see what Michigan did, um, you know, put in some better – protection um into their their play calling um but based off the way michigan just attacked that that defense even middle tennessee state i mean they weren't getting a lot of pressure on on nate stanley but they were bringing a lot of guys and the pocket was collapsing so if penn state can blitz a few extra guys or bring five or six consistently and get pressure that's going to really concern me um if they don't if they play conservative if they bring four guys and they drop the rest of their guys back i feel very confident that this team could actually you know put up 20 30 points against Penn State because the wide receiver group is the best Iowa has had honestly since I've started watching Iowa football it's just it's a very impressive group of guys who have a diverse skill set so unless Penn State you know blitzes a bunch of guys I do feel confident but if they are putting a bunch of guys and trying to attack the line of scrimmage I do worry about how how Iowa's offense can function 
I do want to throw out one more thing. I know that Iowa just lost a couple tight ends to the NFL. You know, how's the tight end situation going? Because it actually looks like Penn State might have the advantage at tight end in this yeah. matchup because that's not something that we have typically been able to say. Yeah, I don't think a lot of teams have usually been able to say that about Iowa. Um, but this year, it's kind of an interesting situation because they don't have the talent at tight end that they, they've had, but they also have a lot more talent at wide receiver. So I would say it's it's kind of a mix of they have wide receivers they can actually get the ball to and they don't have that talent at tight end I do think Penn State has that advantage um, Nate Weeding is a great blocking tight end um, Sean Byer I think could be a good tight end but they're just not getting the ball as much because if you're going to have a guy you know be a pass catcher why not just have your you know top four wide receivers um, Nika Regani and Tyrone Tracy from the slot are pretty pretty fantastic and for the most part, sure-handed. So you're absolutely right. The tight end position is not going to be a position that, that Penn State needs to worry about this year. It's just – I would not worry about it at all. Yeah, and Penn State's got Nick Bowers and Pat Freemuth who are – they're both used in different ways. Uh, you know, Pat's more of a, a scoring threat, and I think once they get inside the red zone, if they get to the red zone, uh, or how often, that might be a guy they look forward to. Nick Bowers is probably a guy that can probably help move the ball downfield a little bit more. So should be pretty interesting, my friend. Should yeah. Be pretty- I am. I'm excited. It's. I. I'm ready to get back into the Iowa football and enjoy it again because that Michigan game really took a lot out of me, man. Um, what are your thoughts on this game, though? Who do you think comes away with the victory? This one should be pretty concerning if you're a Penn State fan. I do think they find a way to escape somehow. <laughs> like I said, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I do think that Penn State's defense is for real, and I think after watching the Iowa Michigan game. I don't think Penn State's defense is going to be too out of their realm here. I think this is a game that they can you know, do a lot of some of the things that Michigan did and, and be prepared for a defensive slugfest. It all just comes down to finding a way to make some points happen. And uh, like you said earlier, I don't think you want to spend too many time settling for field goals. But if that has to be the way you win this game, you know, you got to trust your kicker. And I think uh, at some point um, it's going to come down to a field goal kick at some point late in the game in the fourth quarter. I couldn't agree more. Um, honestly, this, this would not surprise me if this game ends up being 10, seven, uh, six, three. I mean, there's don't say it. Don't say six to four. <laughs> <laughs> there's been some nasty games in Penn state, Iowa history, but yeah. you're absolutely right, man. I, um, if there's an over under, um, if it's anything, anything above 30, I'm a hundred percent taking the under man. Um, I, this game is going to be low scoring. I think defense are going to battle. Um, I, if I'm Penn State, I'm worried about where Geno Stone is at all times. That kid has a chip on his shoulder, a Pennsylvania kid that he want, you know, he wants to show Penn State every single time they show up that mm-hmm. they, re- they should regret not recruiting him. Um, I think we're going to know, though, in the first quarter if this Iowa team is going to be able to pull it off. If they come out hungry, if they come out fighting, um, I feel pretty confident that Iowa's going to come away victorious. If they come out sluggish, um, it's going to be a long day at Kinnick, man, for Iowa. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you're Penn State, I think you just got to weather the storm early on. And if you can keep it within reach, you know, one score, maybe even two scores at the worst, um, you know, midway through the second quarter, and maybe you can get a lead score before halftime. I think that that actually bodes well for Penn State because they they do play well in the second half and especially defense, they can make some adjustments. So, uh, like I said, just keep it within reach going into halftime. And I think Penn State, like I said, will find a way out of there with a win, but it is not going to be easy. Yeah, I mean, you just got to survive that first quarter momentum, uh, the enthusiasm of the crowd. If you can get past that, I think you're absolutely right. Penn State definitely has a chance. But, um, Kevin, I absolutely appreciate, you know, getting able to coordinate and have this this show. Any last things you want to bring up about Penn State or Iowa? 
Uh, like I said, this is a huge uh, start of the a big three game stretch for Penn State, and we've already uh, I've already mentioned that you know this is a real big game for Iowa because Wisconsin looks like they're pretty good in that division, and I'm still looking to see who's going to be the biggest threat there. I know the schedules are weird uh, for those two teams too, so it, this is a this is a huge game in cross division play, and you know what? It's the best game in the Big Ten this weekend, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think there's any question about that. So I no think it should be a lot of I think, it, I think it should be a lot of fun. It should be very agonizing for both sides for throughout most of the game uh but i I got i had a blast getting a chance to talk about the game with you and hopefully we can do it again absolutely man well thanks again i appreciate you joining the show and appreciate us being able to put together the first locked on um podcast crossover between the locked on hawkeyes and locked on nittany lions um let's do this another time and thank you again kevin all right thanks a lot all right, my sincere thanks to Andrew Wade over at Locked On Hawkeyes for reaching out to me, organizing this, and getting it all recorded with our conversation so I'm able to present it to you guys on the Locked On Nittany Lions family <laughs> that we have going on here with our subscribers and our Twitter followers and Facebook members, all that good stuff. So seriously, if you are interested in any Iowa coverage, head on over and check out the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast after you're done with this episode and check out see some of the things that they're saying throughout the week as far as Iowa. Iowa's concerned, maybe get more of an inside glance from the opposition. There are other Locked On podcasts covering some Big Ten teams. There is a Michigan Wolverines podcast. We're going to see if we can do something similar next week. I believe there's a Michigan State one as well. So uh, we've got a couple upcoming opponents that we can probably have some more crossover fun with. So if you're interested in that, uh, let me know. I've got a couple other guests in mind too that we might be able to mix into the, the rotation in the next couple of weeks. So should be pretty fun. Of course, you can subscribe to this podcast for free in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. You can leave a rating and review. Let us know what you think about the show. And of course, please consider giving us a follow on Twitter and giving us a like on Facebook. The names for both of those accounts is Locked On Nittany. And we'll continue to have some fun with those accounts as well uh, moving forward, especially as the season continues to, to progress. And we'll see if some good things are happening here for Penn State. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Coming up in tomorrow's episode, we're going to have our Football Friday episode. It's going to be our final thoughts on the Penn State-Iowa game. I'll recap some of the uh, nuggets that I put in the game preview for this week on Athlon Sports, which I believe should be posting at some point uh, Friday. So it may be posting pretty late this week. I'm not really sure why, but that's just the way the schedule works sometimes. Uh, but I will be sure to share that with you guys on Twitter and on Facebook as well if you want to check that out. And, of course, we'll share the official prediction. And if you guys have any predictions, you want to go on record, send them our way on the Twitter account or on Facebook. And we'll also touch on the HBO 24-7 college football segment uh, focusing on Penn State because I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. So we'll see if we can mix that into the program as well. It should be a lot of fun. All right, guys, that's it. Have a great Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.